place it comfortably. So good evening everyone. It's a cold evening. Everyone at home is probably more sensible being in the warmth there. Um, first of all, I just want to say um, um, thank you to everyone for your words of kindness that you sent my way when I was sick with COVID a week or two ago. Um, it's really appreciated. Um, fortunately, I only had a sort of mild to moderate version of it and made a fairly quick recovery. Um, but Diana is still um, struggling with it a little bit. Um, she's got a way, way to go maybe before she gets through it. But um, her words were, her, your words to her were really appreciated as well. So thank you. Um, what I want to talk about tonight, um, I, I remember a talk that one of my um, previous teachers, Robert Aiken Roshi, gave many, many years ago when I, I must have been still maybe in my late 20s when I first um, started practicing with him when I lived in Hawaii. And uh, to give you a little bit of background to it, um, at that time there was a very popular book going around and it was called I'm OK, You're OK. You remember that book? You remember the title? It was a bestseller, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm OK, You're OK was written by a psychiatrist, which was really a, um, a, a more accessible and popularised way of understanding psychoanalysis, which can be rather abstract at times and uh, put it in, in very simple language for people to understand um, what the process of therapy or even spirituality can be. So obviously the, the is different formulations. So there's I'm okay and you're okay, right? Which is kind of like the Buddha nature position. You know, Buddha nature pervades the universe and everyone, so everyone's okay. Um, and then there are the, 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 the less uh, mature versions of that is, I'm okay, but you're not okay, right? <laughs> which is the stance of the narcissist, I suppose, right? And then there's the opposite to that, is that I'm not, I'm not okay, but you're okay, right? which is maybe the stance of the depressed person, you know, person with low self-esteem. And then the most psychopathological of them is, I'm not okay, and you're not okay, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Nothing good there at all. Um, and uh, but what is interesting in the talk that Robert Aitken gave, as um, some of you may have heard of um, Dr Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, um, and some of the older people might know of her, some of the younger people may not, but she was a psychiatrist who kind of... Um, sort of made an integration with spirituality and, and psychology and psychiatry and did a lot of work in grief, you know, and, and gave us those stages of grief and so on. But she came up with a statement which was a kind of a, a counter to this I'm okay, you're not okay mantra, which seemed to resonate with a lot of people and continues to when, when you use it at the appropriate time. And it was, I'm not okay. And you're not okay, but that's okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's un- unpack that a little bit. Um, human beings, fragile, vulnerable, flawed, you know, we suffer. Um, we're not perfect. Um, and uh, 
we, we experience, everyone perhaps has experienced sometime in their life when they didn't feel okay. Um, so to say, I'm not okay, you're not okay, but that's okay, it kind of hits home in some way, like it releases something. It's, like I, it's kind of like it, go, it brings us somehow to a deeper level of acceptance that we're, we're in this world of suffering together. You know, and and it's part of what it is to be a human being to experience that. And that's okay for that to occur. Um, some of the terms, some of the more popular contemporary terms, which are a version of "I'm okay, you're not okay," is around the words um, validation. Um, so we talk of other validation, that's when other people say nice or good things about you that make you feel good about yourself. Um, and then the self-validation, where you have the capacity to calm yourself and soothe yourself. And uh, it's considered that in all relationships you have a bit of both. But what's really fundamental for someone to mature is to have a solid basis of self-validation. Because if you're just relying on others to validate you, you're in a pretty shaky position, aren't you? You, you might get it, you might not get it, you might, you might get the opposite, right, of invalidation, you know. And if you're out there looking for others to give you that validation all the time, it's not a very comfortable way to live a life. It's a very um, unpredictable, uneasy, un unsettling way to live your life. So that the more you can still be res responsive to that when it comes, but when it doesn't come, you have this capacity to self-validate, calm yourself, um, be okay about being you, is a more um, mature way of actually being grounded in, in the world and, and dealing with relationships and the ups and downs of life um, as they come. But from a Zen perspective, from my perspective, and through looking like it through a, a lifetime of doing practice, even that's too much. There's, a, there's another level which is fundamental here, where it's not so much that you're looking for validation from others, or you find a, a psychologically better way of validating yourself, but rather, like I said earlier in the evening, the, the Zen perspective is that um, I, don't, I don't really need validation because life is validating me every moment. Right? And I'm saying in a modern, contemporary kind of way, the same thing that, that Dogen is saying. He said that what, what enlightenment is, is not the self going out to the world, like conquering the world or making sense of the world. It's the opposite. It's that the, the 10,000 things advance and confirm the self. It's a receptive here and now experience to every moment that you have in, in your life. Right? So the floor is validating us. Right? The presence of each other in the room here is validating everyone else, even though you don't have to say anything. The walls and the ceilings, you know, the air we breathe, 
in a sense, every existence validates us because we're not separate from it. Mm -hmm. And the more you practice then, the more you sink into that more fundamental experience that, that somehow even goes below self-validation. And uh, you find this in in the koan study of, of, of Zen. But this idea of thinking that you've got something or you haven't got something is part of the whole problem. So we start off thinking like the the monk in the koan, does a dog have Buddha nature or not? He's really saying, do I really have Buddha nature or not? In other words, I, I don't feel okay. My teacher's okay, and the senior students, they're okay, and the Buddha's okay, but me, uh, I'm really not sure. Uh, he's coming from that position. And then he's asking a question to his teacher, does a dog have Buddha nature? Do I have Buddha nature? And with grandmotherly kindness, Joshu doesn't say, yes, of course, you know, um, you have Buddha nature, dog has Buddha nature. He said, moo, no. So it's a non-validation, right? But what it does, instead of it being a superficial, yes, you're okay, pat you on the head, you know, you're all right, go deeper, uh, sit with this. And if you sit with it, you, the whole idea of whether you have Buddha nature or you don't have Buddha nature or whether you're enlightened or not enlightened just kind of goes away like a puff of smoke. If you think you're enlightened, you're not enlightened. Really. If you think you're not enlightened, you're not enlightened either. But if you think you're enlightened, you're not enlightened because you think you've gained something, right? Um, you haven't gained anything at all. You just come back to what is fundamental in life. Right? Mm -hmm. And where you mature in practice is where you kind of go beyond needing other validation or even self-validation. Like, you just don't need validation. Right? The whole, it becomes pointless to think in those terms. But, when you have that experience, then in a sense you can use those words, I'm okay and you're okay, right? That's just the way things are. You could equally say, I'm not okay and you're not okay and that's okay. It's kind of like enlightenment, suffering merge somehow. They're not, they're not, nothing's separate. Mm -hmm. So, um, as you practice, like you, as you do your daily practice or group practice or session, there's a, there's a big difference between um, uh, trying to do this to get somewhere or doing your duty because that's what you should do. Right? There's, a, there's a big difference. We all start off that way. I did, you know, for a long time. But the more you do your practice, you just turn up to be receptive to what is the body, the breath, the sounds, the, the, the sight, the consciousness. And it's like, that, that's enough. That's enough for life to be validating. It's, life is validating itself. That's all that's required.